It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to episode number 486? 486 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, April 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network on whichever podcast platform you prefer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and also Himalaya, which is a brand new podcast app. We have a nice partnership going with them at the Locked On Podcast Network. It's great for curating your own personalized podcast playlist, making it a very personal experience. So make sure you're downloading Himalaya to listen to the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, All right, on today's show... I'm joined for a crossover episode with the host of Locked On Magic, Philip Rossman-Reich. We talked about last night's Raptors 121-109 win over the Magic in Toronto, and we talked about some bigger picture Magic-y stuff about their playoff race and the hopes of them making the playoffs and how it's going to change their future if they do or do not make it, or if it will at all. Uh, talked a little bit about Nick Vucevic and sort of how he might be The reason the Raptors should not be worried about a playoff series against the Magic, despite him being very good, it'll make sense when you get to it, but uh, good good, good chat with with our pal Philip. I think it's the second time we did an episode with him, and uh, definitely some Terrence Ross talk in there too, obviously, duh. Um, Yeah, it was a good one, so I hope you enjoy it. We'll get to it right now. Myself and Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked On Magic will take a quick break beforehand and come back with our chat. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, it's Sean Woodley here from Locked On Raptors, joined by Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked On Magic. We're going to talk a little bit about last night's Magic Raptors game, a 121-109 win for the Raps over Orlando in Toronto, and some other big picture stuff. Philip, how's it going, man? It's going good. Uh, your, your Raptors roughed the Magic up a little bit last night. They sure did. Uh, I didn't think it was going to go that way after the first quarter, to be sure. I was like, yeah, you know, the, they are very much in like run-up-the-clock mode on the season, and I've accepted that. And this is a weird dynamic this week because the Raptors play all of the teams, except for the Pistons that are kind of in that race for the last three playoff spots in the East. And the Raps have 
essentially clinched everything. They're still in a bit of a contest for uh, best record between them and the Warriors, which might matter in a potential finals matchup. But other than that, everything's locked in. They're going to be the two seed. They're not catching Milwaukee. They're three games back with four to go. It's just not happening, and they don't seem to care about that. And so they're kind of in this just like, all right, let's just not get hurt mode, and they're kind of taking it easy. And they're coming across all these teams that are like desperately trying to save their season and get into the playoffs. And I did not expect the Raps to kind of turn it on the way they did last night in the in the second and third quarters, but they did. Um, I guess we could start with like takeaways from last night's game. Did you have anything that really stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the big thing that stood out to me is is for sure it, it felt like to me because Orlando has played Toronto very well this year. Um, two blowout victories for the Magic, a buzzer beater for the Raptors. It, it did feel a little bit like Toronto kind of let Orlando know what's up that. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that first quarter, you know, they were both kind of easing into things, and the Magic kind of got fat and happy on good shooting, but the Raptors turned up their defense. They they really locked down Orlando, and you could see Orlando get frustrated because Orlando, despite their defensive identity, really couldn't get any stops. The Raptors made a lot of three-pointers, and 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 that's a kind of a shot the Magic are okay giving up at times, but really that the work that the Raptors did defensively was really the big difference to me in the game. Um, Orlando just, just could not kind of get things going and get things moving to, to gain confidence again, to get back into the game. And it just felt like the Raptors kind of let the magic know, Hey, if we see you in the playoffs, you guys don't have a chance. And, and maybe that's a little too far to say in a regular season game with such low stakes for Toronto, at least, but um, it, it definitely had that whiff of, Oh, Oh, things are going to get serious now with this team. Yeah, the Raps have, like, kind of coasted a little bit here, and I say that they've won four in a row and have, like, played some pretty good basketball lately, but you really haven't seen the urgency. I think the the big telltale sign last night that the Raps were kind of just, like, okay with whatever happened was late in the game, actually, where the Raps were up, like, 20, and then they put in their victory cigar lineup, and, you know, they kind of bledded the lead away, like, pretty significant. What, did it get to, like, eight or six at one it got point? To eight, it got to eight with, like, two minutes to play. Yeah, and... and, and there was that, that controversial, that not controversial, no travel call on the trap that I think Jarrell Martin got called for a foul on. Or, right, right. Or Neil Jefferson got called on a foul on. Yeah, so they kind of bled the lead away a little bit, and, I, you know, in a game that really matters... So the Raptors, at least, like I would, I would have expected Nick Nurse to put his starters back in and be like, "All right, go do this thing." But instead, he was just like, "Nah, we're not going to risk the injury." Like Jody Meeks, Chris Boucher, Malcolm Miller, you can figure this out and you'll be just fine. And they they held on, and it was you know a reasonable enough win, I suppose. And uh, like the real meat of this game was the second and third quarter, I thought, and that's when the Raptors really sort of dug in. And that defense you talked about, I mean, this is a thing the Raps have not done all the time this year and I think Nick Nurse has kind of acknowledged that it's very hard to like dig in to play an amazing 48 minutes for an entire game like it just doesn't really happen sort of a myth really um and you're gonna burn yourself out if you play that level of intensity over the course of a whole game over the course of the whole season and so we've seen like little little stints of games you know five minutes here seven minutes there where they just kind of turn it on to like smother mode and they're like yeah we're just not gonna allow anyone to score for the next five minutes and they kind of do it kind of on demand um, and they really do that with the Siakam, Leonard, Green combination out there, two through four. That really messes with teams, obviously. That's extremely good perimeter defense. And then Marcus Saul being in there now, he just provides such like direction from the back. And I don't want to slag Jonas Valanciunas because I spent an entire podcast yesterday talking about Valanciunas and trying not to slag him, but uh, like inevitably slagging him because he's not the same defender that Marcus Saul is. And you know, it just it seems like a much sharper 
defensive team than, than it has been in the past, and it's kind of rounding into form, and you really saw that in that second quarter. And it wasn't helped by the fact that the Magic were just like, all right, Danny Green, take all of the open threes. Go ahead. And he hit all of the open threes. Um, so, yeah, I... I, like with a lot of Raps games of late, there hasn't been a ton for me to really take away. I think the, the seeing the defensive sort of uptick when they really wanted to was a big thing for me. I guess the other thing too, Pascal Siakam had maybe his worst game of the season. He was just two of nine, six points, four assists, three boards, uh, hit a three late, which kind of saved his night a little bit, but uh, not the most impressive showing from him. He kind of got bogged down, I think, looking for his own offense a little bit, and things kind of opened up a little bit late as he sort of started to read the defense and sort of read the coverage the Magic are throwing at him and then using that to leverage uh, good shots for other people. But uh, not the best performance from Siakam. He hasn't been like a killer against the Magic the way he has been against most teams. Do you think that's just like a coincidence or is there something that you're seeing the Magic doing for Siakam in particular that's really working and that would maybe sort of give you encouragement for how they might approach him in a playoff series? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think people. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Siakam had a had a bad game by his standards, but uh, I think people need to give Jonathan Isaac the credit he deserves defensively in, yeah. in that game. Um, you know, whether you know, it, it kind of again, this is just how it felt like. It, it kind of felt like Isaac took that kind of mo- taking on the most improved player thing personally. Like he, especially early on in the game, he was all over Siakam, and, and so I think one thing that the Magic have been able to do effectively. Uh, effectively um, with with the Raptors, and this is both Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam this season, um, and who knows if this will carry over to the playoffs if they meet, but um, both Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac have such great length, and they're able to switch a lot. They've both done a very good job on the Raptors perimeter players. I mean, it it took Danny Green having a, a killer three-point game to, to really give Toronto some space, but but you look at, at the box score in this one, Siakam, two for nine from the floor, uh, Kawhi Leonard... You know, he gets his, but just five for 12. Um, both both Aaron Gordon and, and Jonathan Isaac just do a really good job on their matchups in, in this particular matchup for some reason. And it's not just this game. Both have had their struggles. And obviously, Kawhi Leonard missed one of the games, so it's a smallish sample size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the games was a blowout that he probably didn't play as much as he usually does. But um, both of them have done very well against those two players in this matchup. And they're both defensive-minded guys who, you know, relatively stay disciplined. Uh, and, and their length just bothers bothers teams, and, and I think that's a lot of what the Magic have leaned on defensively this year. I mean, honestly, I would say the biggest difference in this game uh, for Toronto was how you know Kyle Lowry was able to beat Evan Fournier in pick and rolls mm-hmm. and, and kind of isolate Vucevic and, and force the defense to collapse, which opens up the three point shots that Dave Green was able to get that that other that Marcus All was even able to get, uh, and that's really I think how you beat the Magic. You get in the middle of the paint, you force Vucevic into one-on-one situations, and that kind of neutralizes a lot of the length advantages that the Magic have in that defense. Yeah, I do kind of wonder about Vooch and how he would hold up in a playoff series. Like, were these two teams to play in a 2-7 matchup? I, like, I respect the Magic. I, I hope they make the playoffs. Like, I want them in over the Heat because the Heat are just odious to me. Uh, and the Magic are cool and fun, and I like a team that is not just, like, trying to tank. and is actually just trying to make the playoffs because it's been so long since they've made it. Um, but the Vooch thing is interesting to me because he kind of reminds me a lot, like he's a way more refined offensive player than Jonas ever was, but he reminds me a lot of Valanciunas defensively in that... We're going to revive that debate again. <laughs> no, no, Vooch is better. Like, like, I, like literally, yeah. literally, like, no, I mean, not, this is like serious. Like the last, like, uh, maybe like four or five years ago when Toronto first started this, this big playoff run they've had, 
a, a big debate among Magic fans, and I think even among some NBA circles, is who would you rather have, Nikola Vucevic or Jonas Valanciunas? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I think that they were kind of grouped in the same pattern of these kind of old-school big men, not particularly known for their defense, but very solid offensively, who serve a good role, but what are they going to do in the playoffs? Can you really build... A, a good team around them, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's obvious. That's obviously been a question that's followed both of them throughout their careers. And now Vucevic is finally getting his chance in the playoffs. And I think you're absolutely right. The big question for Orlando is: Can the defensive kind of intensity and, and reputation that they built in the regular season will that carry over to the playoffs when teams can kind of pinpoint and focus in on them a little bit more? And I think that's a very legitimate question that the Magic are going to have to answer to, to compete in a playoff series. Yeah, this was the thing the Raps had last year where they had a really good defense. I think they were top five or six overall, but they were, I think, 29th against like the top five offenses in the league. Uh, and I wonder how the Magic are doing. Maybe you have the numbers handy or, or, or what it is, but I do think Vucevic kind of offers a similar conundrum because like he is such a, a great hub for the offense. Like There's no denying that. He's awesome, and... Like, the playmaking he brings, the shooting he brings as well. Like, he's a way more refined version of, of Valanciunas. And, like, like, it's not even fair to compare them because Valanciunas was never the passer or the shooter that, that, that Vucevic is. But um, I do think defensively, like, the thing that killed the Raptors in the past and kind of forced Valanciunas out of the game and then put the Raps on this sort of cycle of trying to make adjustments where they just didn't have the bodies or the skills to sort of, you know, fill in behind them. Um, like, I wonder if that's going to happen with Vooch, where they target that pick-and-roll combination with Fournier and Vooch or Augustine and Vooch, and then it, it kind of becomes just like this very glaring, obvious hole that the Raptors are picking apart. And I don't think the Magic have the offensive juice to keep up. If, the, if their defense is failing them in any way, I just don't think they have the horses to keep up with the Raptors uh, offensively in a series like that because the Raptors themselves are a very good defensive team and kind of have fewer obvious holes to pick away at. So that's sort of my where my comfort comes from if I'm thinking about this matchup, if I'm a Raps fan. Like, Vooch is an excellent player. I love him. I hope he gets all of the money this summer. I just don't know if, you know, with the amount of sort of importance he has to ensure the Magic are a strong offensive team, that might ultimately come to hurt the Magic because of you know maybe his liabilities defensively and how they can be just picked apart in the playoffs over and over again. Yeah, and I think I mean I think and for the Magic at least I think that's going to be one of the bigger questions for the for any playoff series they're in, whether it's with Milwaukee, whether it's with Toronto, whether it's with uh, whoever ends up ends up third, probably uh, Philadelphia. Um, their two most important offensive players statistically this year have been Nikola Vucevic and DJ Augustin. Mm-hmm. When they're both out of the game, the Magic offense goes in the tank. Uh, their defense even suffers a little bit. Um, they, they, really, uh, really, Orlando essentially has to have one of Nikola Vucevic, DJ Augustin, or Evan Fournier on the floor at all times mm-hmm. uh, to have any sort of functioning offense. Uh, and right now, and we're seeing this more and more as, as games get tighter, especially in these kind of high-pressure games, we're seeing the Magic starting to try and hide DJ Augustin. I mean, uh, last night they tried to hide him on Danny Green. Um, you know, you had Evan Fournier guarding Kyle Lowry, and Evan Fournier is an improved defender, but not a great defender yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think he struggled a little bit with Lowry. Yeah, that makes a lot of and, sense. And, yeah. and then, like, DJ yeah. Augustine, like, running around and trying to stick with Danny as he runs through screens off the ball, I can't imagine is, like, a, a thing that you want either, right? No, no, and, and, and I think the other problem with that is, too, and, and this is just why D.J. Augustin is probably best suited as a backup point guard, and, and he's done great this year. I mean, obviously, he is extremely important to what the Magic do this year, but he is just not big enough to challenge 
three-pointers. I mean, Danny Green could catch the ball with enough time to turn and fire, and, and he can just shoot over Augustine. Augustine, and, and that makes it that makes that matchup in particular, you know, somewhat difficult because essentially now you're just down to a coin flip of whether Green's going to make the shot or not. And, mm-hmm. and you're seeing that more and more as the Magic play these games. Is that you know Augustine tends to roam a little bit. He tends to try and duck in for steals and, and try and help out in the paint. The Magic do tend to give up some open threes. They're good at getting back out and contesting them. They're typically good at communicating and switching to get out to shooters and, and guard the next pass. But, you know, the, the difference between good teams and bad teams is the margin for error. The Raptors, like you kind of hinted at, have a pretty big margin for error. They can kind of coast through games, turn it on for a couple quarters, and that's enough. The Magic cannot afford to do that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, the, the, the big concerning part for Orlando right now is they've had three straight games giving up more than 120 points per 100 possessions right now. Mm-hmm. They they have to be on fire defensively if they want any chance to win these big games. Um, they're just not going to win games where they have to outscore the other opponent. That's not what they're built to do. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So let me ask you, like, right now the Magic are in this race. Currently they're out of the, they're in ninth right now. So they're a half game behind the Heat. And we can get into some the tiebreaker implications and everything because you have a very firm handle on what's going on. I couldn't possibly wrap my mind around what the tiebreaker situations are right now. But before we get to that, I, I guess just, like, in general, are Magic fans, like, looking for a certain matchup is there a team in the top three that they think maybe the 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 magic can give a like a run to and maybe you know take a couple games off of maybe beating a series or is it just a matter of like making it in and if and if there is a team that there is kind of circled like which team is it and why you know i I think i think for magic fans the focus is just on getting it yeah um you know it's obviously been six years since their last playoff appearance this this is the first time they've been playing meaningful games past the all-star break since dwight howard left so it's been a long time since we've been scoreboard watching every night. And, and literally, you can feel the excitement in the fan base. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Orlando finishes their home schedule off uh, Wednesday and Friday with New York and Atlanta. I honestly expect both games to be, if not, I certainly expect Friday's game against Atlanta to be a sellout. Mm-hmm. I expect Wednesday to be pretty close to a sellout. I, I think there is legitimate excitement about just being in the playoff race. No one here is under any impression that the Magic are going to advance to the second round. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, honestly, the big debates that I see are still, should the Magic re-sign Nikola Vucevic? And, and I think the big existential question the Magic will ask themselves this summer as they deal with the free agencies of Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross is, is this as good as this team can be? Or is this the beginning of something we can continue to build on? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge question, huge question that the Magic front office will, will ask themselves and try and answer with their off-season maneuvering this summer. Um, but as far as particular matchups, you know, I, I think, you know, Orlando went one and two against Milwaukee. The one game they won was without Giannis. I don't think Orlando, if Orlando's thinking about taking a few games, I don't think Orlando wants anything to do with Milwaukee. They got a big bruising point guard in Eric Bledsoe who can beat up DJ Augustin. They got a wing in Chris Middleton that, that's very good. And, and, and you know, as much as, as good as Aaron Gordon is as a defender, 
no one is stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they spread the ball out. They keep Vucevic away from the paint. So if they can spread you out with pick and rolls, you're, you're in big trouble. And, and the Magic do still t- tend to struggle with that. Um, Toronto, obviously, they they, had, they split the season series 2-2. Pretty close uh, in, in almost every game. Um, if there was a matchup Orlando would favor, I would say Toronto just because of their history. Um, you know, who really knows if they're in the playoffs? But I think they have an extra gear, especially Kawhi. I don't. I, I mean, I don't think the Raptors have seen the best version of Kawhi yet, and that's really scary. I think for the rest of the Eastern Conference, um, Philadelphia obviously in the third and the three seed, they're still really dangerous. Orlando split the season series with them as well, and all four of those games. Um, except for the one the Magic won last week, were very, very close. But again, no matter who Orlando's playing, the other team has the best player in the series. While Orlando has performed well against those three teams, the playoffs are a completely different animal. No one on this roster outside of DJ Augustin and Terrence Ross played in playoff games. It wouldn't surprise me if game one, they just kind of get overwhelmed and beat up a little bit. Um, honestly, they played a game last week in Miami. Um, that had a playoff atmosphere to it very early on. It was Chris Bosch's retirement night. It was a huge game for the playoff race. Orlando got beat up early. They were down by 17 in the first in the first half. Um, they came back to win the game, but it very much felt like that that intensity overwhelmed them a little bit mm-hmm. uh, early on. And I think that's going to happen in Game One of the playoffs, no matter who the Magic plays. So, you know, it's it's going to take a lot for the Magic to even sniff a, a few games in the series. I think the goal is. Get a game, make it game three if you have to, but get a game, show some fight, get the experience, and then figure out where to grow Grow next. Yeah, and I'm not like one of these people who's like, should they even make the playoffs? Should they stick in the lottery and try to like, – no, just like you've missed the playoffs forever in, in a row. So just try to get in, man, and I'm glad that they're trying. Steve Clifford, I think, deserves some like – down ballot votes for coach of the year. I think it should probably be Nate McMillan, but uh, like Steve Clifford's done an awesome job. It's hard to deny. Maybe Frank Vogel was just that bad, <laughs> but like the the Magic have been a ton of fun, and I really hope they get in. Um, but yeah, they do have some like really interesting questions to come now too, because like you mentioned Ross and Vooch, both free agents. Of course, Ross is coming back to the Raptors on a minimum deal because he wants to come back home. Um, Naturally. Yeah, but other than that, like, they are, there are some big questions for the Magic going forward in that, like, is DJ Augustine the dude you want as your point guard starting again next year? Like, do you want to run that back? Do you want to have Aaron Gordon stick around? Like, is he a guy you want to continue to build around? Or is, like, Jonathan Isaac the only real young piece on this team that is really worth building around? Um, I think Jonathan Isaac's awesome. I think uh, sometimes I see like mini Pascal Siakam in him and it's kind of cool. Um, but, and maybe even like higher defensive upside, like he's awesome. He's great. But, uh, like will making the playoffs, do you think change the trajectory at all? Like, does this matter, uh, whether they make it or not? Or do you think the front office is just going to kind of like make their off season decisions, like just without the, the, the end result of the season really in mind? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think what happens this se- what happens or how the season ends up, is going to change the direction the front office wants to go. Um, mm. You know, I think you know you, you can't use a like seven game sample size or you know or, or like a, a quarter season sample size to make your decisions. Essentially, I, I think they know what Jovic does. They know what he brings. They saw enough from the season to say, okay, we we can clearly be successful with them now. And I think that part has changed. But like if. You know, there's a rumor out there that Sacramento might offer the max to Nikola Vucevic. I don't think that's true. But if someone comes in with a, with a max offer for Nikola Vucevic, that's probably going to be too pricey for them. They'll let him walk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if 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 the Magic, you know, 
don't get a deal done with Vucevic that's to their liking or that's, you know, at their price range. I think they're comfortable saying, you know, we, we made this run. We've still got some pieces. We can still get some maneuverability to stay competitive. But, you know, we're not going to break the bank for him because, um, you know, we've got a, a, a center that we want to grow and develop in Mo, in Mo Bamba, who's, who's out right now with an injury, um, that we can, we can kind of grow. And so we find a placeholder until he's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on that DJ Augustin question, they've got Markel Fultz sort of waiting in the wings. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still he's still hanging around. He's with the team now, which is which is honestly surprising. I thought he'd stay in LA for the rest of the season, but he's traveling with the team now. He's going. Oh, hell be... yeah! I totally forgot about Markel Fultz. That's great. Hey, good good job. That yeah. was a good trade. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good trade. Um, but like you know, Orlando knows that they're that they've got a long way to go still. Um, you know, I don't I, I don't I, I would tell everyone like the goal this year is to be competitive, start making steps forward. But this isn't the, the end destination. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what this team does isn't the destination. So it's still about getting to that next step, um, and it's going to be on Aaron Gordon taking another leap in his game this year. It's going to be on Jonathan Isaac taking another leap, and it's probably going to be on figuring out how to jumble the ro- how to continue jumbling the roster and getting better. Um, you know, I think the big question for the Magic this summer, regardless of what happens with Nikola Vucevic, is how do we make our margin for error smaller? Mm-hmm. Um, having a lot of young players is is gonna hurt that a little bit but there's certainly a lot of promise in them and um it'll be interesting to see how the magic developed this summer but but i don't think what how this team ends up making or missing the playoffs will change their plans overall they they they're they're i think this front office more than the previous front office is more committed to their vision and kind of growing gradually and in steps and 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 how this season turned out is fantastic it shows their potential but it doesn't change how they're going from this step to the next one Jeff Weltman, baby. I know his work. It's, it's good work. Yep. I, uh, I, would, I would believe. I, I would believe if I was a Magic fan in the work of Weltman. And John Hammond, too, because that dude just finds Giannis uh, because, you know, because <laughs> he likes long people. I mean, you look, I mean, you look, at, look at some of the players that, that, that played on, on, yes, on yesterday's game, uh, mm-hmm. digging Michael Carter-Williams out of the trash heap. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he didn't play a great game last night, but he's been a huge boost to this team. Um, Ken Birch, the, the Montreal native, yes, um, I thought played very. Thought he did some very good things last night. Um, good energy, especially in that second quarter when the Magic built up their lead. They plucked him out of out of Euro League. Uh, didn't really have a chance. Was playing behind Mo Bamba. Bamba goes down. He comes in the game, and the Magic go on this run. I mean, he is a big part of the reason the Magic are in the playoff hunt. And another big reason is a guy who was playing in Estonia last year, Isaiah Briscoe, who's out with a torn meniscus at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he really helped turn this season around. So. They're, they're finding guys to supplement the roster. You know, Wessa Wundu, who had a great game last night, made I think he made all seven of his shots. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that they took in the second round that's really developed into a nice defensive piece who's got a, a growing three-point game. Ken Birch, man. He's going to be one of those guys who's playing on the Canadian national team, like, well past his NBA career. He's going to be like the next Joel Anthony, I think, although probably a little bit better. <laughs> but love, love me some the Ken guy, Birch. The guy, the guy on this Magic roster that I think is about to get paid, not like huge bucks, Ken Birch is a restricted free agent this summer. Mm-hmm. Some team is going to be very, very happy signing him this summer. Yeah, he rules. Uh, we should probably get to prediction time before we wrap this thing up uh again you have a firmer handle on all the tiebreaker implications and everything for the six seven and eight seeds than i do but we 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 can both look at these team schedules who do you think the three teams that make the final three spots in the east are going to be i think it's gonna i think it's gonna end up being detroit brooklyn and orlando okay i think miami's gonna fall out gonna fall out i think 
it's I think it's going to essentially come down to the last it's going to come down to the last day of the season. I think Detroit should feel pretty safe. I know their schedule's a little bit tricky, but I, I think they should feel pretty safe that they'll they'll end up at the sixth seed. Um, I think that it's going to come down to the last day of the season. Orlando plays Charlotte in Charlotte. Miami plays Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Uh, that Miami Brooklyn game is could end up being a playing game. Um, but a, a lot of tiebreakers are certainly going to be in place. Um, Orlando wins the tiebreaker over Miami and only Miami. Uh, and so, um, you know, Miami's still got a game in hand. I think they have five games left. They Philadelphia on the second to last night of the season, then go back to back to Brooklyn. Um, it's it's going to be a wild, wild ride. And I could, I could really see anything happening. I, I honestly think, and this is going to be unbelievable to say uh, from, you know, maybe a few, even a few weeks ago, um, it's 40 or 41 wins is going to get you in. Probably 41 wins is going to going to get is going to guarantee a playoff spot. 40 wins is going to put you in, in tiebreaker position to to make the playoffs. Um, so it's it's going to be a race to the very very end. You got all four teams have at least 38 wins. Detroit and Brooklyn have 39. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to come down to every little inch you could get. Yeah, I was going to say I think it's going to be 41 that gets you in because like like. Maybe some of these schedules look a little tricky, but like the Nets play the Raptors and the Bucks. I don't know how much the Raptors or the Bucks are going to care about those games. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Kawhi rest against the Nets on on Wednesday. Um, they play the Pacers as well, who I guess are still in that running for the home court in that Probably first for round. Home court right now. Yeah. So like I, oh man, <laughs> I, I think I think it's going to be forty one wins, and if I'm looking at the Magic schedule. I think they have a pretty good shot of doing that. I mean, the Knicks and Hawks are... I mean, the Hawks, I guess, are a little frisky sometimes, but the Knicks are a guaranteed win at this point. And You know, you, you, you say that, but the Magic <laughs> lost to the Knicks not three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Wasn't um, it, like, right after they beat the Raptors, they lost to the Knicks? I believe it was. Okay, yeah. So, maybe not. <laughs> or fortunes is reversed and they beat the tar out of the Knicks and, uh, and everything's good, but... I would I would guess that the Magic trying to make the playoffs will beat the Knicks, but uh, I guess you can't write that in. The Hawks are definitely kind of weird and are actually trying, but I would still Orla- take Orlando, the Magic. Uh, for in some that reason, game. though, Orlando Orlando has blown out Atlanta three times this year, so they're yeah. due for a close game. But mm. um, if Orlando is going to make the playoffs, they have to win the next two. Just, yeah. just bottom line, the last two home games, you've got to take care of business on your home floor. They have been very good at home, twenty three and sixteen at home. Uh, but they've got to take care of their business to, to, to make the playoffs at home. Yeah, and like then they visit the Celtics, and I mean the Celtics. Who knows what that is? But so maybe they go three and one because I, I think they'll beat the Hornets on the last night of the season. The Hornets are sad. They're depressed. They're, they're no reason. You, you, no... Say, you, say, you say that too. <laughs> I mean, but depending if Kemba's playing or not, um, that could be Kemba Walker's last game in Charlotte, and he Ooh, could know that. Um, damn. Orlando. Orlando has not had a good history with Charlotte. I think. Orlando beat Charlotte uh, right before the All-Star break. That was their first win over the Hornets in, like, the last 17 or 18 games against the Hornets. Okay. They, they have – it's been a house of horrors in the Spectrum Center. So what you're telling me is that uh, the Magic are not as – their schedule is not as creamy as maybe it seems. <laughs> that is... the, one thing, the one thing I've learned watching the Magic this year is you can't count on anything. It, yeah. it's, it's, this team's margin for error, like I said, is so small. They have to. They have to be willing to fight for everything, and they're playing a lot better. It, it feels like it's a lot bigger than it than it used to be, but they they have to fight for every little inch. 
Yeah, and then you look at the Heat schedule. They have Boston on Wednesday, then the Wolves, Raptors, Sixers, and then that Nets game at the end. I could see them easily going just two and three and getting to 40 wins and not making it. I'm, I'm saying the Magic do it. I say they finish a game ahead at 41 and 41. The Heat finish 40 and 42. And the Magic make it. I, I'm going to call it right now. I think they'll play a first-round series against the Bucks, and it'll be interest. It'll be the John Hammond Bowl. It'll be a nice matchup between teams with very large people, but I, I'm sure it'll be like a four- or five-game series. But that would be a good step forward for the Magic after all that's happened. I'm calling it. The Magic are making it. We, 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 we appreciate that. Uh, we, <laughs> definitely, we, need, we need at least four more games of Terrence Ross because cause that, that dude um, is probably going to – Gonna gonna be in a depressive state thinking about uh, Avengers uh, uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> we need we need we need him to feel good and empowered to take on Thanos. Yeah, uh, love me some Terrence Ross. Always down for some playoff Terrence Ross. If if Magic fans would like a taste of playoff Terrence Ross, just uh, search on YouTube Terrence Ross Steel Paul Pierce Game Seven 2014. Um, the, the four seconds left, the Raps are down. Uh, the Nets are inbounding. Terrence Ross steals it and throws it off of Paul Pierce out of bounds to get the Raps the ball back. And then you don't have to watch the next play. The Raptors made the shot and moved on, and everything was great. And Terrence Ross lined up on the right side of the court. It was great. Uh, so don't worry about the next play, but watch that steal. It's fantastic. It's the greatest. It might be my favorite Raptors moment of all time. And that that is very much tied to my love of, of the man, Terrence Ross, but... Uh, also, uh, an extremely amazing playoff moment to see your team do that when you're down and needed a steal, and he did exactly what they needed. So, he, Magic fans, warm your hearts by watching that. Um, also, Raps fans, just a little message to you. I've seen a lot of, like, worry warding about, like, oh, they're going to play this team in the first round. Keep that team away from me. It's like, they have to play one of them. And honestly, if you have designs on the Raptors being a finals contender, winning the East, like, none of these first-round matchups should matter to you. I know that sounds dismissive and arrogant, but guess what? The Raptors should be dismissive and arrogant. They're extremely good. They're a 55-win team. They have Kawhi freaking Leonard and Mark Gasol and Danny Green. It's an entirely different team than it's been in the past. And this should be a series where they walk in four or five and don't have a whole lot of uh, struggle or even like obstacles to overcome. It should be what most of these series are for very good finals contending teams. And I am not here for people being like, oh, I'd much rather play the the Heat than the Magic. The Magic scare me. It's like, I, I understand the regular season wasn't awesome, but... Just, like, it's fine. They're going to win any of these series. And I had someone reply to me when I tweeted something to the similar effect and was like, stop jinxing the team. I'm not jinxing the team. That's fine. Like, if they lose, it's not because of me. It's because something horrible has happened. They're going to win this first-round series, folks. And I, I you, hope... You got, you, you, got, <laughs> you got to remember, too, if, if, you're really, uh, if you really have designs on winning the championship... You got to be able to beat everybody, yeah. and by the by the end by the end of the by the end of the tournament by the end of the NBA playoffs, everyone knows what everyone's doing. You're playing really good games. I, I personally kind of believe home court means less the further deep, further into the playoffs you get. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be able to beat everyone on the road when your first stuff isn't working. You you just got to create plays. That's what the playoffs are all about. Um, coaching matters. Don't get me wrong finding ways to kind of tweak things and, and, and take advantage of little weaknesses. But we're talking like very minute details here. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you're good enough to win a championship, 
you've got to be able to beat every other team on the road with adversity. Nice heartwarming story here to end, to, to end, to end this thing. Mm-hmm. Orlando, when they went to the finals in 2009, they trailed the Sixers in the first round two games to one. They trailed the Celtics in the second round three games to two. LeBron James, to me, had the single best individual playoff series I've ever seen in, 2000, in the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals. You are going to face adversity in the NBA playoffs if you're good. Um, it, it, it's going to come at some point. It's going to come at some point within every series. It is a series. It's so different than the regular season. If your, te- your team beating that and growing from that will help you along the way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to get through series as quickly as possible, but you got to beat whatever's in front of you. Um, it, 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 every series is its own mini season. Uh, it, you just you can't pick your opponent unless they institute that that fun rule that that everyone talks about. You mm-hmm. can't pick your opponent. You just got to beat the team in front of you, and and it's it's honestly the the greatest way to determine who's who's really the best. Yep, well said. Uh, I think we can leave it there, Philip. This was a lot of fun, man, and I uh, hope we get to do something similar. If the Raps and Magic come across each other in the playoffs, it should be a lot of fun. If even though I just said it, it's going to be a four or five game series, I'm sure it'll be an entertaining one and have lots of fun wrinkles, as most playoff series do. Uh, anything that you would like to plug right now? Um, other than just checking checking the stuff out on Locked On Magic or OrlandoMagicDaily.com, I, I, all I have to say is let's do this seven more times. <laughs> I, uh, if, if, if we're doing this seven times, there's probably something that's gone wrong. So I'm going to say hopefully not, but I, 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 was, I will still talk to you seven times, even if the Magic were out of the playoffs. This was a delightful conversation. Uh, make sure you're listening to both Locked on Raptors and Locked on Magic on whichever podcast platform you prefer, including Himalaya which is a new podcast app that we have a partnership with over at the Locked On Podcast Network. It's great for curating your own podcasts and, and making your own personalized playlists. It's uh, it's fantastic. So download Himalaya and listen to the Locked On Podcast Network, including the Magic and Raptors shows on Himalaya. All right, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time on Locked On Magicters. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.